0: Um, so, welcome to the Soul on Fire podcast. Today, I'm joined with one of my favourite human beings. His name's Jai Sheila. Um, He is a disciple of Shila Prabhupada, who's the founder of the Hare Krishna movement, and he's um, like a you know an elder in the community. is a happily married man. He has written books on successful marriage um, for both people in the spiritual. Um, the same faith tradition as as us and also for just anyone and um, and that's called the five drop ma- uh, five drop remedy. relationship relationship rescue remedy that's the one <laughs> yeah yeah and um, and you've got a, you've got heaps of you've got a pretty big portfolio you know a lot of different things that you've you've done in your life um, so how did you um, come to Krishna consciousness when when did it start wow uh, you have to have a good memory to go back that far <laughs>
1: uh, how did it start okay 1972 Melbourne Australia just arrived from Scotland to play soccer professionally in Australia and I'm going down the street and I see people I hear I hear this chink 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 you know think wow And I see these people with bedsheets on, white ones and saffron ones. And I think, what are these people? What planet do these people come from? And uh, I can't help but go over and ask them, I said, who are you guys? Oh, we're the Hare Krishna people and stuff. So we started talking and that's how it all began. I just found lights going on all over the place when I heard them speak, and I thought mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I wasn't in the um, the habit of stopping in the street talking to people about uh, spiritual things or whatever. I wasn't exactly a searcher. I was more a player on the field, so to speak, wow. in more ways than one. So I could tell. I could. I could spend the next hour or two telling you all about that. But uh, over to you. Um, which kind of what do you what do you want me to say what, what do you want to hear
0: i'm just as so surprised that you um like when you went over there um like i thought you were gonna like ask them who are you guys like because you kind of look like freaks <laughs> but you were at, you had this favorable disposition fr- mm, that's a nice point yeah yeah so i'm so su- i'm kind of surprised by that because you'd never seen it before and like you said you were wondering what planet they were from but then when they started speaking they really impressed you so that that's interesting well yeah
1: one of the big shifts that happened pretty quickly from that meeting uh, i would from there i would stop uh, you know uh, once in a while and i'd see the harry krishnas in the street in in melbourne and i'd talk to them and uh, like for example the whole thing about vegetarianism just hit me like a just like a, a ton of the proverbial bricks it, it mm. just hit me i thought wow i never thought of that mm. if you cause pain and suffering the law of karma you call pain and suffering to other living entities you're going to have a reaction to that especially if it's unnecessary mm. and i thought unnecessary yeah you don't have to eat meat mm. you don't have to kill animals you can actually live quite healthily mm. without that and then you won't have all this karma so this whole idea of karma was very powerful. And I thought that makes complete sense. I'd never thought about it because I always ate meat as a kid and uh, in my house. That's what we all did. And veg- in 1972, vegetarianism was kind of like a word that people didn't use. It was mm-hmm. hardly a vegetarian restaurant anywhere. And the, the mainstream menus did not include vegetarian <laughs> menus. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and then I got a real shift when I went back to, I was also working. I had a, a job in an experimental, uh, GMH Holden, experimental engineering. So I, w- I was working and I went to the works canteen and it just hit me. I looked up at the, the menu mm. board for the daily meal and it was sheep's brains and tomato sauce. Wow. So I thought, wow, sheep's brains and tomato sauce. Wow. That's the wow. And and it just started to hit me all over the place that, um, hey, this isn't necessary. So I decided to become a vegetarian right back then. Um, So that was 1972. And I went along to the temple, um, went to a Sunday program, took prashadam. And it was looking as though I was going to become a monk. And that really wasn't on the list of my things to achieve in life. (laughs) It wasn't on the list at all to become a monk. Um, so, uh, the, you know, the football coach was saying to me, John, you know, what's what's going on? And uh, you seem to be doing a lot of this sort of chanting and you're doing a lot of this looking at these books and stuff. And um, my game was still good. It's actually interesting. I used to get best and fairest on the ground every week because I, I, was, I was chanting the whole game yeah. <laughs> in my head as I would be uh, playing. Um, anyway, I could, yeah, I could talk for days on this. Bring up your video again, which kind of helps me. Okay, if you can. There you go. It's good.
0: I can. I feel as though I'm talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you've yeah you've um you've met these sort of at first weird looking people. You've queried them, and you've you were attracted by what they were saying. Mm. And you started chanting while you're playing soccer and, and, and you've been, um, you know, your coach has kind of picked up on what you're doing and, um, and, and yeah. And so now you're, you're pretty much like practicing Krishna consciousness and, and other people can see that. And, and now you're, you've been practicing for, um, like almost five decades or something or no yes I suppose oh. it's getting close yeah I suppose it's kind of close to that 45 to 47 48 years Yeah. wow um well congratulations that's that's an amazing achievement and i'm really keen to hear from you like um your perspective on on a topic that's really close to my heart which is self-expression mm-hmm. um i find in my own life um this is kind of like a a challenge and there's even a bit of tension between um you know my my understanding of self-expression and then the the vedic um teachings um you know which don't directly deal with self-expression but they definitely do deal with it um in a big way perhaps an even bigger way to what i have ever been exposed to like you know, my understanding of self expression is people who are just um, fearlessly themselves, comfortable in their own skin, and don't have this massive concern of looking good and avoiding looking bad. They just do what they want and they kind of don't care what people think. And it's also just called confidence, I think. I think it's the same thing. Um, but then i like, yeah, I'd like to hear from you. Like, what's the, what's your understanding if and, and and what's the vedic understanding and another the same and how do you approach it personally in your own life yeah, yeah big
1: big subject yeah. <laughs> uh, was a, there was a chap in a class the other morning I asked the question about confidence um that was me. It was, yeah that was you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh the answer came from the swami who was there at the time that uh Confidence. The, one shouldn't actually be confident in the material world because mm. actually, some should be pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> and Prabhupada our founder explained like that because um, that's the nature of this world. It's dukkale It's miserable. Mm. It's a miserable place, always fraught with challenges and so many things, and it's temporary. And so, to be confident about what's going on is is basically false ego. If, uh, you get it's a false identification with this world to achieve this and achieve that to be fully self-expressed. If it's if it's all within this, um, what would you say? The context of being in this world, then yeah, it's uh, very limited. Actually, um, I'm just trying to think. My mind's gone to you've clicked you've you've got a few verses going on in my head i'm trying to grab a few verses that come to mind uh whether it's relevant uh krishna in the 13th chapter by gita 13 9 he says that the uh, absence from false identification is one of the symptoms of real knowledge uh going beyond sense gratification and perception of the evils of birth death disease and old age he declares to be knowledge mm. so um being being confident also you mentioned that in that question and I think you made was that uh, in the nectar of instruction it says that we enthusiasm, confidence mm. and patience are the three statements that are made there to be to be confident. so um, we we in the, in the Krishna conscious context we're encouraging that we should be confident we should be enthusiastic to engage in the activities and confident, that the result will manifest um Mm. if we continue the process tendency is to mm. yeah so i'm going to go back to you uh just yeah back to you
0: (laughs) what what i heard you say was that um yeah like like the swami said the other day davamrita swami was giving the talk and i asked him um you know what is confidence um and he said, you know, actually, if you're confident in the material world, um, you're an illusion because um, this, this material world is a place of suffering. It's, um, and yeah, you're reflecting that. Um,
1: As I, it's a big subject. It's such a big subject, really. Um, because people are confident you get people they're good speakers they're able to interact with people they're great at relationships they're self-expressed they establish what their needs are they don't uh, hide behind a mask of uh, pretension it all appears like that but uh, then turn that around a bit move forward 50 60 years into life and the same person who was young dynamic or he's middle-aged dynamic and enthused and all the rest of it he's now 85 and he's 90 and Mm. and and the material energy cuts in very deeply into the material body that we have and the mind that the capacity that we have and uh we find uh possibly (laughs) <laughs> we're not as confident <laughs> about different things right uh, the reality starts to set in you're not eternally young or youthful or whatever mm. uh,
0: so big big subject matter yeah. it, it re- really is what you just said um I, was really interesting because i've been thinking about um old age and obviously i don't have any lived experience of it but yeah. when i'm observe people in their old age um and when i say that i mean people in general not bhakti, bhakti practitioners because there, there, there seems to be a really big difference um yeah ge- generally people in their old age they they are often like it's almost like um they're almost childlike that it's like you know, they, they were, they were born and there were children and then they, they grew up and became super confident, knowledgeable, you know, mature, successful people. And then they went back to being kids again. Hmm. And yeah, why ca- sorry, carry on, carry on. Um, And so I was just thinking when you said that, that maybe they're, they've become, maybe that's actually advancement. Maybe they're, um, realizing that they don't know anything and that so-called success and confidence and knowledge that they had in their middle middle years mm. was as the swami was saying um just due to false ego and now they're coming to a stage where they realize actually i don't know i i don't know and so they lose that confidence and and that provider on that false ego i don't know what do you think <laughs> it's a bit of a slippery slope the discussion actually
1: is it's it's just got so many tentacles to it <laughs> somebody you could you know, again somebody can argue well hey i know a guy he's 87 or he's 90 or whatever and he's still confident he's very clear he's very articulate he's very etc so hey it doesn't fit what you're saying so there are people uh, like there's all kinds of people it's the three modes of material nature they manifest in a million zillion different ways because mm. they can be mixed so um so the question actually is very funny it's 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 it, it's a funny one because <laughs> mm. it's so multifaceted that it depends what way you want to look at and discuss and what would what, what's the goal of the discussion uh good point i, I It it begs. Uh, That's what. That's what I'm finding in this conversation. It's kind of begging me to ask the question. What is your question about self-expression? It's such a big subject. What. What exactly are we talking about?
0: Yeah. Okay. Appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So, I think what's. What I'm looking for is. Probably just peace. (laughs) Just comfort, uh, uh, you know, because life in this material body with this material body is so uncomfortable. I just want to feel some peace from that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From the discomfort of material existence. Yes, it's (laughs) adi Baltic, adi Divic, adi-atma, clashes. We've always got, they're coming at us all the time. So how do you connect? how do you connect self self-expression for somehow you chose that topic to some degree and, and peace. Um, uh, it, again, it seems a little incongruent practically self-expression. I suppose, I suppose I'm picking up a thread or it's just a thread <clears throat> is authenticity, self-expression, maybe the idea of being authentic. I yep. think that that's something that's coming through for me. Mm. Uh, how authentic do we really want to get until you get to the spiritual platform, you're actually not really authentic because it's all covered by false ego. So yeah, you might be trying really hard to be authentic, but as long as it's in the spectrum of material life, you're not really getting to the core of who you actually are. And that's real authenticity. Um, So, and when you get to that kind of, self-expression and authenticity where you're connecting to your spiritual self, then the peace that you're talking about, there's a possibility of peace.
0: Uh, mm.
1: It said in the second chapter by Gita that, uh, how, how does that go? Um, there's no possibility of peace without a controlled mind yeah. and a steady intelligence. And we need spiritual consciousness to actually be able to have that steady intelligence. Right. Those, yeah, so those who are on this path are focused. Mm. Yeah, and those who are not on this path is bahushaka, it's many branched yeah. all over the place. So it's very hard to be peaceful. Yeah. So if we want peace, and why do we want to be peaceful? Because we want to be happy. So Krishna says that in that verse. Um, I can't for the life of me, just remember the Sanskrit start, but nasta bhuti na yukta sha cha uh, there's no question of happiness without peace you can't be peaceful if your mind's not controlled your mind can't be controlled unless you've got steady intellect steady intelligence fixed mm. intelligence and you can't have fixed intelligence unless you're on the spiritual platform wow. so there you go if you want to be peaceful promote, mm. join the club we're all looking for that it's really happiness that we are after. And then it's not just happiness. You want bliss. Your happiness is, yeah, you want bliss. And mm. again, that's our spiritual nature, that unending. We don't just want a little bit of bliss. We want unlimited bliss.
0: Sat Chit Fact. Wow, I really appreciate that. You really brought that verse to life. And uh, I'm going to have a read of it and read the purport and meditate on that um in the next couple of days uh, over the next couple of days um well hopefully for longer than that but yeah that's 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 great um and i I appreciate appreciated how you you um brought me into what what it was that i really was asking underneath the question that i originally asked i just (laughs) want to be happy just like everyone else (laughs) Oh gee, uh, we can turn that
1: around uh, <clears throat> Not not many people are actually happy. We put on a facade. That's the facade that we present. Yeah, uh, that we're happy in the world, and, and we think I'm the only person that's not happy. Everyone else is happy, but no, it's actually a fact. Most people are not really happy because you'd have to be foolish to be happy stuck in this material world with a decaying body that's going to get old and die. So, um, yeah but yeah. we want we want to get to that place we want to get to the brahma the spiritual happiness that we actually deserve as living spiritual people
0: yeah appreciate that appreciate you Guru. um so okay so you've answered my question perfectly um <laughs> i i i i think it's a good principle not to um you know talk further about something that's been perfectly summed up okay so, um, to change the topic um, okay. and, and to end with, um, what have you been, what are you kind of working on at the moment and how can, yeah, what, what are you up to these days? Okay. Uh, what I'm
1: up to these days is uh, a few things. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Vimala, uh, she, we, we work on a program that you mentioned right at the beginning, Relationship Rescue Remedy. So it's a formula that we stumbled over a few years back when we were going through different conflicts and we noticed we, we, we were writing a book. Uh, the book was called the uh, about the Grihasta Ashram, the, the, the Grihasta Journey, I think we called it. And the, here we were, we were up at three o'clock in the morning, we were busy teaching, uh, both of us were teachers and we thought, how can we finish this book? We need to get it finished. So we thought, get up at three in the morning, get you ready and before we go off to work, we'll do an hour or two on the book. Oh, great. So we get up at 3, 3.30, we're sitting there ready. And we're having this meltdown. We're arguing with each other. How should we do this? How should we structure the book? Oh, I just want to write. And so we're having an argument. So we thought, this is ridiculous. We are the experts writing books on relationships. And we're having an argument writing this book. Then we got through the argument 20 minutes later. It took us you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then we're really back on together. And we thought, well, um, how did this come about? And then we found this formula. So we gradually stumbled that there was a way over these last 45 years we have been married that we actually deal with upsets because upsets are always going to be there. Don't think that they won't be there. That would be a utopian idea. I'm going to meet this girl. We're going to fall in love and it's all going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You're always going to be faced with conflict. If there's two people who will have diverse opinions, you hold different opinions. So we found that there's an actual formula we went through and we, put this book together so my wife and I are still doing a fair bit of work on that so that's something to tune into you can find it on devoteecare.com or remedy.com and tune in we've got lots and lots of videos there and uh, courses you can sign up to do if you'd like to do something with like that so that's something we're doing <clears throat> pardon me on another field a few years back I was at Śrīla Prabhupāda's appearance or disappearance day. I cannot remember if it was disappearance or appearance. And I was being asked to say a few words and uh, it somehow came up for me very, very strongly that um, there was a need for me to try to, what would you say, please Śrīla Prabhupāda, by getting back to some of the very fundamental principle things that he wanted to see happen. and. In our books, he very clearly explains that we should live very simply. We should be showing the example of growing our own food. We should look after cows. We should be able to provide the example for the rest of the world of this kind of lifestyle. I think it's coined as simple living and high thinking. So about three years ago, in that direction, I teamed up with Dave, a person who I thought, if anyone can pull this off, i.e. living simply looking after cows, and demonstrating this kind of lifestyle, maybe he could do it. Mm. <clears throat> so we got together and we've got a piece of pro- a property down near Thames in the Coromandel. Um, it's about 15 minutes out of Thames. 25 acres of land, there's a beautiful river, it's all flat arable land and uh, Gopaladev is a huge uh, uh, organic garden, it's registered as an organic farm and uh, next year we're going to look at putting uh, a building for some facility so that people can visit Mm -hmm. and interact on the level And, and we were talking about it recently that what we want to present is not again a utopian idea or we're doing it perfectly here look at how great we are doing this or doing that we want to present the reality the reality is to cut this lifestyle is not an easy thing because you need to get land which costs money you need to have lots of manpower if you're going to do it all manually or you need to have a tractor mm. etc so what we want to present and work with people on is saying hey here's where, where we at here's the facility we have and here's what we're doing right now it's not perfect but here's what we're doing and trying to tune in with people and get the idea show, see, see where they're at and then introduce well maybe you may consider like for example we we may be say not connecting the power at this point and we're living with solar power so that's something that people are very in tune with and might think oh well i could yeah that that, that sounds like a good idea Um, composting toilets, for example, Um, yes or no, what's the practicalities, be conscious. Uh, We have to, yeah, Krishna conscious, but Prabhupada said first become conscious, so we should become conscious, conscious living. What about the food we're eating? Are we just going to keep going to the supermarket and chanting Hare Krishna, or maybe we should grow some of our own food organically, that's what people expect when they come to our places, They say, "Oh, you guys grow all your own food, don't you?" And we go, uh, "Not all of it, yeah. maybe not any of it." Right. So, so things. So the project we're running is is like that, trying to connect people with where they're at. A little bit, you could say, uh, like at the loft. Uh, you, you, the idea is not to superimpose on anything on anyone, but to sort of say to them, "Hey, we've got a lot of really key principles here of living. If you." check what we're getting from these uh, wisdom literatures, yoga literatures, like Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, they'll introduce to you a way of life that can elevate your consciousness and elevate your way of life. Mm. And so tune into it at whatever frequency you can feel that you can tune in on and and just see if there's anything there for you. So that's what we're trying to do with the project. yeah so it's quite exciting it's also a great challenge people say what's your exact vision the Mm. exact exact vision is to cooperate Mm. right (laughs) that's part of the vision to cooperate and then yeah that's really i think
0: what i've taken sorry
1: hopefully hopefully next year we'll have a facility that gradually will be available to people to be able to come along and just tune in and maybe get gets an experience of what we're up to
0: Mm. that's amazing I i really um acknowledge your proactivity in realizing um you know your your vision you know you've got a vision you've got something that you 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 want to put your heart into you know a contribution that you want to make to the world and you're actively over a long period of time you know it's um it's a long-term these are long-term projects and you're yeah. consistently chipping away and they're coming to fruition so yeah i really appreciate that and i think something that you brought up um just now about defining your exact um what was it your exact goal or your exact like your, your vision or your or your goals yeah being, i think you're um what i've taken from from you in this conversation is just how um, how clear you are on your own vision. And, and you can detect when someone else isn't clear about theirs, you know. Um, whereas if someone asked me a vague question, I, 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 um, I'd answer it um, thinking I knew <laughs> what it was, right? But because you're <laughs> such a clear, clear-headed man yourself, you're like, wait a minute. What am I working? What am I working with here? I, I don't actually know what this guy wants. You know, <laughs> got me to clarify what I wanted. And, I, uh, yeah,
1: I, that's a. I, I'll I'll throw this back. It's a sign of humility from your good self, Prabhu, that you're able to take that that way. It's so so nice that you're so sweet and 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 accepting. My I, I get it from my mother. I think my wife tells me that my mother is such a uh, outspoken but uh, quite, quite a nice person, hopefully I am uh, similar, but uh, sometimes I say things and people could take offense quite easily, and, um, but I'm really, um, uh, what would you say, endeared to you by the way that you've received my,
0: um, <laughs> my reaction to the initial questions. Wow. Right. I appreciate that, proverb. I appreciate your compliment there as well. Um, okay, well, let's, um, let's end it here I I know you're a busy man you're up to a bunch of things and um, yeah Yeah. yeah. it's been a pleasure having you on on this podcast Prabhu okay and
1: again thank you for thinking of me and uh, I hope somebody got something out of what we were chatting about even if they pick up a few words that makes a difference in their life I'd be very happy
0: definitely me too okay Prabhu Hare Krishna yes thank you thanks much Hare Krishna thank you